1: Nathan, 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 Mr. Ivy know the show must go on, uh-huh. before a Cincinnati man I put on. Toons uh-huh. made another flame beat for me to cook on. Raised dogs, close this year, too strong. Team N.I., chop it up at the chop shop. Top notch with the king flow, the hot shot. Cops, squads yeah. in, listen to the real. Jumping like hopscotch. Nobody harder than oh Nope, make not. Nah. Not only citywide, but nationwide. Uh. Superlatives, keep it locked like the nation guys. Put uh. the truth in the airwaves, we talk about it. Uh. Brand new like the place, let's be about it. Uh. Who got the info about it? Ayo. Trying to be the rapper, got them jamming when they play him. play him. Staying in my lane, they ain't got to okay him. him. Who the host with the scoop? Yeah, they gon' say him. Woo. I so up like a bag of dribbles. So you wear the bricks at, Cincinnati ranch at. One time with my at. I, where my people at. Team I where my people laugh It's the 513, yeah, you know the flow. What's the word, mate? Let them know the show. One time where my people laugh Team N. I where my people laugh people laugh people at.
2: morning everybody welcome back what a beautiful day great to be alive good morning to you great to be alive today is uh, tuesday august 9th 2022 the weather is starting to change y'all welcome to that midwest weather good morning to you welcome back try to be a rainbow in someone's cloud today good morning to you good morning welcome back On today's show, uh, numerous twisted tales, a lot of twisted stuff in the news I want to talk about this morning. Plus, I want to give you some updates on the uh, mass shooting, as they're calling it here in the city of Cincinnati. What have city leaders done so far? Have the killers been brought, um, been apprehended? Uh, What are the plans? Good morning to you. What do we do next? Good morning. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. It's the Nathan Ivey Show, where nothing is funnier than the truth. Men are allowed to be men, and sucker MCs get dealt with. Good morning to you. I talk about people, politics, and pleasure from a Cincinnati, Ohio perspective. Good morning to my people on Facebook, and to my people on YouTube, uh, to my people on Twitter this morning. Good morning to you. To the folks listening on the audio side of things, uh, on the speaker and on TuneIn, good morning to you all. It is my pleasure to be with you. What's up, Pamela? Good morning to you. She writes, "Good morning, Nate." In the choppers,
1: to the choppers. Huh?
2: Absolutely, man. has been the conversation about you know the original Predator and Arnold Schwarzenegger has been revived because of Hulu's latest iteration into the um, the Predator franchise. It's called Prey. And you know your boy loves masala fine horror. If you missed it, I didn't get into deep deep into it. Not as much as I got into Nope. I just felt like Nope was more. Uh, uh, just needed more uh, of a conversation piece. Uh, this is a bit more straightforward. But if you like those kind of movies, I believe that it is worth your time. Good morning to you. It is beautiful, beautiful day, beautiful day. Now today's show is being brought to you in part by the Greater Cincinnati Realist Association. There is a home ownership fair. It's going to be this Saturday. That's August the 13th from 11 a.m. until 1 30 p.m. I'll actually be there for the first hour over at the Westwood town hall. It's at 3017 Harrison Avenue. Love to see you out. Now, who is this for? This event is for anyone who is thinking about buying a home one day, no matter where you are in the process. Like, you could be ready now. You've been putting everything in place for the last few years, right? You're ready now. You're looking to have the conversation to make your business. You're willing to buy and willing looking to buy now. Or perhaps you are on that path to buying a home, right? And uh, we'll speak with Derek Dansby, the president of the Greater Cincinnati Real Association, sometime this week uh, when I confirm the exact date and time I'll let you know. It could be tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And he'll talk more about it. And their mission is um, they want to expose more people to the process and make more people aware that you could be a homeowner. You could be a homeowner. Black people in particular in the greater Cincinnati area can be a homeowner. It is not impossible. It's not impossible. All right. It all starts with education. It all starts with education. And, again, this Saturday – at the Westwood Town Hall, it's 3017 Harrison Avenue. Uh, stop by. And uh, the way it'll set up is they'll have a lot of different booths that are there. And you can just walk around and talk to who you want to. Talk to who you want to. Get the information that you want. No obligations. No pressure. No hassle. This is for you. Uh, this Saturday, Home Ownership Fair. And I'll talk more about it later today and uh, and also throughout the week. What up? What up? Good morning to you. This is me. I'm back. Beautiful day in the neighborhood, all that kind of stuff. This is my home office studio stink kind of thing going on. Before we get too deep into the show, man, I gotta say um congratulations to Edna Howe. Gotta say congratulations to Edna Howe Parrish. Uh, she's getting a recognition and I want to make sure everybody knows about it. I posted it on my friend, on my personal page. And um I just wanna make sure that you you know that she has been um, inducted into the Dayton Area Broadcasters Hall of Fame, class of 2022. I'm going to try to make sure I can be there on September the 8th at the Dayton Convention Center. Uh, Edna Howe is a living legend in broadcasting and the media industry. And, you know, it's just so funny, man, how there's a circle of events the circle of events. Like when I was younger, I used to really, really dig talk radio because I loved the knowledge. I loved to hear the interactions of people. That was before I even thought about being in talk radio. You know, when I went to college, when I attended, when I stepped on the University of Cincinnati's campus, my intentions was to get a law degree. I wanted to become a lawyer. I wasn't really what sure what type of lawyer, but I wanted to become a lawyer. I thought I was fascinated by the law, and I took a veer into broadcasting. Uh, Via opportunities afforded uh, by a local public radio station Shout out to WAIF 88.3, what radio was meant to be And my partner and I, uh, we started doing a show and the rest is history But, you know, I grew up on the turn on the radio And would listen to Straight Talk Live on Sunday mornings like Like thousands and tens of thousands of other people uh, never thought I'd get a chance to meet Edna Howe, and now, of course, we're working together with the with the updated revamped version, the digital version of Straight Talk Live, uh, but this is well, well-deserved, well, well-deserved, well, well deserved. and uh, Edna continues to be a consummate pro. It is my privilege to work with her, it's my privilege to work with her um, in helping to amplify her, her voice and, and her show, but I want to make sure everybody knows that she is being and you might want to step out as well. At the very least, find her on Facebook and send her a DM. Send her a direct message. And uh, just say, you know, whatever you want to say. You know, I'm not telling you what to say. Say whatever comes to your heart. But uh, Edna Howe Parrish, and she's got a long list of accolades that I won't get all the way into. You can go to her page and you can read through her post. Uh, but she has had an illustrious career and probably sparked the careers of lots of creative folks as myself. I no longer look at myself as a talk show host. I am a creative. Uh, Edna Howe is a creative. Uh, all the folks you work for are tapping into their creative sides. So I want to say uh, congratulations to Edna Howe Parish. Well-deserved. Well, well, well-deserved. I mean, anybody who knows Edna has ever listened, you already know. If you listen now, you already know. <laughs> you already know. Uh, but congratulations to Edna Howe Parish. And I'm going to try to make sure I'm there. I want to be in the house. I want to see it uh, with my own eyes and lift her up and congratulate her with my own eyes on September the 8th at the Dayton Convention Center. And I'm sure you're welcome to come as well if you're into it. I mean, I mean, she has a long list of accolades. It's just ironic. So she was, she was the most, I don't know, she was the original host of Straight Talk Live here in the Cincinnati area. And there's a lot of Straight Talk Lives, but... Because uh, as I understand it the radio one now uh, urban one they had straight talk lives in different cities uh, but the most iconic for me and perhaps for you if you live in the Cincinnati area was straight talk live with Edna Howe and uh, I used to can I, I can I remember getting up and listening in and she'd be talking with people in the community and she always had this voice in this way where it just—it just, she kept it informative and engaging, and she was so pleasant um, to listen to. Um, that uh, she still has that style today. As a matter of fact, so uh, as I'm looking at, as I'm looking at a little bit of a resume, I mean, she has a long list of acknowledgments and um, awards, and uh, this is yet another. And again, well-deserved. But again, the thing about the circle here, so she is the original and most iconic host of Straight Talk Live. I had no idea when I was listening to her as a young dude that I would end up taking over Straight Talk Live and rocking a mic for about, I don't know how long it was, for over a decade, killing it, you know what I'm saying, and revamping, rethinking what we expected Straight Talk Live to be. And now again, we're working together. Uh, so, perhaps the two most iconic hosts of Straight Talk Live now working together. I don't know. Cincinnati got something special. I don't know who's paying attention. I, I don't know. But Cincinnati has something very, very special that's growing. And only a few really know about it, but it is what it is. You know how this world works. Uh, people don't appreciate you until you're dead. That's when they give you the love. <laughs> when you got six feet of dirt over you, uh, it's very It's rare for you to get your flowers when you're alive. That's why I'm taking so much time right now to give Edna Howe her flowers because she deserves it. So lift her up, everybody. Uh, congratulations to Edna Howe Paris. I mean, it is it is my privilege to work with her and help amplify her show and her voice. And uh, it's just the circle of life is very very interesting. Very interesting how things turn out sometimes. You might think you're heading one way and you end up going somewhere else. It's just it's just very, very weird. Uh, good morning to you. If you want to share your thoughts this morning on the show, I thought to you like this. There's only one maxim or rule. Open your mind before you open your mouth. The wise words of Boutros Boutros. Uh, good morning to you. Some of y'all get all of that. some inside baseball right there, but for those who get it, you get it. And good morning to Boutros this morning as well, if you're listening, bro. Uh, Good morning to you. Uh, Daryl writes, congratulations to the original uh, Miss Straight Talk. That's right, the queen of local talk radio, as I've heard her called as well. She's had many monikers uh, over the years, all well-deserved, all positive. So, again, check her out. And, again, I know how Sundays are. You might be sleepy, sleepy on a Sunday, uh, but she streams live at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the show is up. And um, she got her own style, which I really, really enjoy. Uh, But good morning to you. So again, find her on Facebook, shoot her a direct message. Because, you know, as creatives, creatives love that we need that feedback, you know, because sometimes you're working in a a vacuum, it seems like, and you're not really getting a lot of uh, uh, interaction and input about what you do. So that's very, very important. You know, give people their flowers while they are alive today. Uh, Aaliyah writes, good morning, all Good morning, Aaliyah. Danita writes good morning, Choppers. Daryl writes good morning, Nana Choppers. Oh! All this chopper talk.
1: Ahmad
2: Aubrey's killer fears not velance. Is that say velance? <laughs> Hold on one second. Violence. Violence.
3: <laughs>
2: oh my god. What the hell is velence? I don't even know what that is. Is that like a word or something? Uh, violence, Nate. Violence. That's what he he fears um but Ahmad ivory Ahmad aubrey not ivory Ahmad ivory people used to call me nathan ivory i'm like ivory you mean like ivory ivory no this is nathan ivy but anyway uh i saw i spelled it incorrectly here i am not infallible but the show and the flow is superlative Ahmad aubrey's killer feels fierce violence in prison Fears violence in prison. And if you don't remember the story of Ahmaud Ibrie, I'm going to remind you very, very quickly. Ahmaud Ibrie was a black man who did nothing wrong. He was simply jogging through a neighborhood. And maybe he stopped to look at a new home. Like, I do that now. I, I was taking a walk, I don't know, sometime last year. It's funny. I was taking a walk and I was walking down Sycamore Hill and they were, they were doing a construction of a new home on the right-hand side if you're going down, left-hand side if you're going up uh, Sycamore Hill. And it looks pretty dope. It's all modern and everything. Some of y'all might know what I'm talking about. And I remember stopping and looking at it, and I was just looking at it and admiring it and, like, you know, literally trying to look through the window to see what the inside looked like. I don't know. I like a little HGTV. I like those home design shows sometimes. So that's all it was. It was innocent. And the thought went through my mind, like, damn, that's probably what Amon Aubrey was doing, black man. And then three white men ran him down on a pickup truck and shot him in the side of his in his side with a shotgun and killed him. Talking about they thought he was a burglar and when they told him to stop he wouldn't stop. Now these three white men have all been sentenced to a very very long time. I think two of them, I think they all got life essentially. They all essentially have get have been given life. Two of them were related, father son combination, and father son um racist combination. They they literally ran this man down and shot him for no reason. <laughs> no reason talking about oops my bad. We told him to stop. But now one of Ahmad Aubrey's killers fears being slain in a Georgia state prison, court documents are now being uh, have now been it's been re- revealed via court documents and he is trying to get into a federal prison. He doesn't want to go to to Georgia State Prison because he feels like the federal prison might give him more protection. Apparently, he received uh, so many death threats that he can't even, he's lost count. The number that was attributed in the the article I read was 800. What's up, bud? Good morning to you, man. How you doing? How'd you sleep? You brushed them teeth? Go hit them teeth, man. Hit the teeth. Hit the teeth, bro. Come back. So apparently this man has received like 800 death threats plus. (laughs) And all I can do is chuckle. And, you know, when they say prison justice, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Now, I would take Armand Aubrey coming back rather than being in a situation we're in any day. As I said before, I wish that brother had a weapon on him. So when they rolled up on him, he should have blasted them fools. That's what he should have done. But he didn't have a weapon on him. That would have been justice. Or if the family of Ahmad Arbery caught up with them boys and did what they do, that would have been justice. But, you know, this is the polite justice that we all got to go with. And they've been convicted. So I guess that means justice has been served and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, now he fears for his own life. He thinks he's going to be slain in prison. And if I wake up one morning and I find and I read that he has been, I'm not going to shed a tear. In fact, I don't want that to happen, but whatever happens, happen. I mean, same with the guy that killed uh, Nipsey Hussle. He's going to spend the rest of his life in fear. They tried to get at him during the trial, sliced the back of his neck up and everything. So uh, if I wake up one day and I read in the paper that both of those gentlemen have been met with uh, prison justice, it is what it is, homie. Watch what you do to people. But think about this. I wonder how Ahmad Aubrey felt because we've seen the video of him like jaw like running for his life, and then they're chasing this man. Like, just think about the mentality. This happened during our lifetime. Think about the mentality. Like, literally, got into a pickup truck with loaded weapons, followed this man, chased this man down, ran this man down, and then shot and killed him because they thought he might have been a burglar. Even if he was a burglar, what are you, Judge Dredd? I mean, the mentality of some of the folks in this world, man. I'm telling you, this is a very twisted tale. But parts of me feels like, and we're talking about Travis McMichael. That's who we're talking about. He's one of the men who <clears throat> involved in the killing of Ahmad Aubrey, uh, along with his father Greg McMichael and their neighbor William Roddy Bryan. All felt guilty back in February 2020 of the shooting death of uh, Ahmad Aubrey uh, down in Glynn County, Georgia, and they were convicted in November of 2021 on state murder charges. The McMichaels were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. That's exactly what they deserve. the The, the death penalty is too civilized for them. It's too civilized. Because what they did to Ahmaud Arbery wasn't civilized. He didn't get a warning. He didn't get a last meal. That's too civilized. Uh, that prison justice, though, the men on the yard, it is what it is. Uh, I want them to suffer, quite honestly. I want Mr. Travis McMichael to suffer for a long time. And then they come for him. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. You ain't got to be like me. Be better than me, you know? You know, turn the cheek and all that other kind of stuff. That's a great thing. Uh, however, whatever happens to them happens to them. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer when uh, somebody put his head through a toilet bowl? Literally, I ain't had no th- no thoughts about it. You get what you get. Leave people's family members alone. If not, this is the kind of justice you might have to deal with. Uh, but what do you think? Five one three. Am I being too strong? Am I being too harsh? Am I being too harsh? Gosh, Nate, you're pretty harsh for a Tuesday. Am I being too harsh? I don't think so. I don't think so. Good morning to you. Again, my number, I'll throw it out. 513-873-7134. Jared writes, I thought you was taking a break. Absolutely, I am, brother. But I'll say it one more time because I, I might have, i put it on me. Maybe I didn't articulate myself right. So the, the, the Nathan Ivey show is coming to an end. Read between the lines. Uh, the Nathan Ivey show is coming to an end. I've got some obligations over the next couple of weeks that I have to take care of. I can't end the show right now. And uh, after that, I'm going to take a, some time away and rethink everything. Uh, could be a week, could be two weeks, could be three weeks, could be a month. I, I don't know. Um, but I've been going hard in the paint for a while. And sometimes you got to step away and look at what you're doing and decide if you really want to continue. So there it is. Uh, Janice writes, uh, I've listened uh, to radio from back in the 50s before TV. Love it. It allows the imagination to soar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Radio is very, very important. Sure. Sure. Uh, Tabitha writes, I love radio too. Absolutely. Uh, okay, a lot of people, a lot of fans perhaps, a lot of well-wishers of uh, Edna How Parrish. Again, I started the show by talking about and acknowledging and giving her flowers. She is going to be inducted into the Dayton Broadcasting Hall of Fame in September of this year. And uh, I just want to lift her up well-deserved, well, 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 beyond well-deserved, like whatever is the next level for well-deserved um, is what I feel about uh, Edna Howe Parrish and uh, she touched my life too as a young dude I, again again at that point I wasn't thinking about talk radio or broadcasting or anything like that I was just drawn uh, to her voice and um I was just drawn to the radio right I was just drawn to because back then everything was on the radio you know if you want to listen to hip hop yeah I listen to it on the radio uh so I fell in love with the radio many, 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 many many years ago because it was the only source of information and entertainment. It was an easy, cheap source. All you had to do was, you know, plug in, (laughs) right, with a radio that had an antenna, and you could check it out. And then there was a local station that played hip hop, and I was thirsty for hip hop at that point. I mean, anytime I could consume any hip hop, I wanted it, and I was thirsty for it. So I was drawn to the radio. Uh, and I was drawn to Ed Hal Paris because something about her voice and her style and then the information she would bring it was so community oriented. She was so positive It just, um, I, you know, I didn't like it like it when it went off. I believe she was doing two hours then, but I didn't like it when she used to go off the air back in the day. And then now look forward. It's um, we're actually working together. Uh, TNT writes damn autocorrect. I don't know if it was autocorrect or am I just bad spelling. I'm not sure. I won't blame autocorrect for it. I'll blame myself. Good morning to you. 513-873-7134. I've got more Twisted Tales for you as well, and we'll get into it. But I want to talk about Cincinnati for just a minute because, uh, as I understand it, and someone who has more information, please share it with me. As I understand it, the city is still trying to figure out what comes next. And uh, I reached out to a member of city council, Scotty Johnson, and asked him to come on. We all know Scotty. He's very familiar with the show. And over the years, you know, remember Scotty, the talk show hottie, and he retired as a police officer. He's now a member of city council. And I've seen him at these press conferences, so I reached out to him to see if he'll come on the show. And he's scheduled to give us a call at about 8.30 a.m. this morning. And just to get – I wanted to get an update. What's going on? You know, what's the latest on the, the, the shooting on Maine? What's the latest on that? What's the latest on what's happening with city council? Um, you know, what, is it, what what can city council do? Like I said, there's only so much that the council and mayor can actually do as it relates to like dealing with gun violence. There might be some other things that they can, they can do. Um, and I think that right now is a good time to shoot any ideas you might have to your council members because maybe they might incorporate them into, you know, whatever they're doing. I don't know. I would hope so. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> uh, David writes, those varmints have the nerve to fear for their life. A little bit of, of uh, national news um, I'm, uh, It's being reported now that uh, that the FBI executed a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. They raided their home, the home of the former president. And you don't see that every day. I mean, Trump's been in our office, what, two years now? And his home, he he had continued his actions continue to be fodder for investigations. And now the FBI has raided his home. Let me make a point. Nobody raided the home of Obama, Barack Obama, when he left office. Because o- Obama wasn't a criminal like Trump. Trump was a crime boss. The Trump crime family. Obama was a decent upstanding man trying to do the right thing for the country. It's two different things. Two different things. And Anybody who says, well, Obama didn't do nothing for black people, uh, be ready to be challenged on this show. I am not Tariq Nasheed. You, you're you not going to get that shit off over here. This is not the black authority. I'm not going to let that ride. You're going to have to explain yourself. You know what I'm saying? You, you listen to a man who who knows a little bit more about what Obama actually did as opposed to what people think he didn't do. So check yourself before you start putting loose comments, talking, as fame might call it, slick and greasy. Check yourself. But former President Donald Trump said on Monday that FBI agents raided his home down in Palm Beach, Florida, Mar-a-Lago. The Justice Department has declined to comment. But you know Trump was just at, uh, what's it called, CPAC? They do this conservative conference. Man, did y'all see what they did at CPAC? They had like a cell and they had one of the January 6th insurrectionists. I guess they paid him to like do this like performance art. So he's in the cell, like let's say in the lobby of wherever the convention was held. He's got an orange jumpsuit on like he's an inmate. He's got his head down. He's got a MAGA hat on. And I guess that was supposed to be like performance art to show the unjust persecution of people that tried to overturn our government. I'm telling you, man, Republicans jumped the shark a long time ago, if you know what that that phrase means. They jumped the shark a long time ago, long time ago. Uh, Trump tried to uh, smooch with uh, a young woman who's an athlete, and she pulled away like, I don't want your nasty ass lips on me. And then he continued to say the same old things that the crowd loves. Basically, he's a crime boss, but he's their crime boss. So they embrace him. And uh, now it looks like there's a serious investigation into something. I mean, if the FBI, how many people have ever had the FBI agents raid your home before? I haven't. Have you? And two people familiar with the search are saying that the action was connected to Trump's alleged removal of documents from the White House to his Mar-a-Lago property. Like, I don't know all the details, but like, it's illegal for you. Like, if you work for the president, all his text messages, everything is a part of the written record. Like, it belongs to the government. Right, It's all a part of a written record. You're not allowed to destroy text messages or remove documents and do nothing like that. Now, of course, did Trump did that because he's been breaking the rules and doing what he wants to do since, well, since he was born. So, becoming president, psh, that's no big deal. I'm going to do me. That ain't no big deal. I'm going to do me. Oh, thank you, Tanika. Thank you, Valence. I don't know. I don't know how I got that. Uh... Trump also claimed that they broke into his safe. So apparently he had a safe. They broke into that. And like again, I said, the FBI never raided Barack Obama's home. For all the people like Trump and Obama are exactly the same. No, I, no they not. They never were. There have been no larger investigations to what Obama did when he was in office. You don't see none of that, do you? When Obama lost... He didn't uh, He didn't say, "You know what? we should challenge whether a president should have two terms. He just gave it up peaceful transfer of power. Here You go, Trump, even though you know you didn't want to do that. Remember those images of when uh, the, uh, uh, Trump and his wife Melania, they went to the first they went to the White House for like the first day, and it was like a big deal. And you can kind of see in the faces of Michelle Obama and Barack they was like like Michelle's face was like. You know that little fake smile. Sometimes you got to do like, hey, yeah, okay, boo, call me. You don't have no intention on calling them. Like mm-hmm. Bush, I'm sorry, Trump crime family, Trump crime family. So we'll see what happens. Here's what I say. Because uh, some people say, well, if you're a sitting president, it would be bad for your the country for them to be under investigation. No, the hell it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. If if they find that Trump and the Trump crime family committed any offenses, they should be prosecuted just like your ass would be, just like my ass would be. Do the crime? You do the time. Simple as that. Let's go to the phones. Uh good morning and welcome. Uh good morning to you, John. Welcome.
0: Uh, off of my vacation from, excuse me, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Interesting town. I haven't been there I think since the 90s. And uh, visiting family and um, moving around downtown. Interesting town. But, uh, you know, Nathan, I, I encourage you to If you can get that young brother that took over the mayorship, what's he, 24 years old? And I had a chance to, while I was in Cleveland, sit back and listen to him on the news. Very articulate, very young man. I think he's going to watch him very closely. He's on a ladder headed up to the political circle. But let's see what he can do with that town because it needs a lot of work, a lot of help, violence like a lot of urban cities are taking off, but this young man, I was very much impressed with listening to him talk as the reporter was asking him about issues and topics that need to be taken off. I think you should put that on your schedule to make some time to sit down and interview him. He might be the next rising young black star coming up in the political circle. Okay, let's keep the stop topic the way you have it, which is the thug. The previous thug that left the White House, uh, I call him Hitman. Donald Trump, Hitman, aka AKA, the Joker. That's what he is. You know, you know, I said to you, Nathan Ivey, and many of my friends, <clears throat> excuse me, across the country, as well as a good friend of mine in California, I said to him a year ago before January 6th, I said, either you take Trump out or lock him up because this guy is building a secret army. Well, we saw a year later after he lost the presidency. He built he influenced the secret army to go and take over the capital and overthrow the government. I mean, everybody saw it in living color around the world the crimes that he committed. And that was just one crime. Nobody talks too much about the other crime when Barack Obama and Hillary set him up with that virus. Oh, that was a clear setup before Barack Obama left. A lot of people don't know before Barack Obama left the White House, you know how it is, Nathan, when you turn over information from one administration to another administration. Well, they set Trump up because just before Barack, just before Barack Obama left the White House, he had a one day conference dealing with viruses. Here's the setup. And 30 of Trump's people were invited to the White House to that one-day conference. This is, and Barack Obama basically was saying, this is what you got to do if you get another virus. Everybody forgot about that virus that Barack Obama had, czar, czar, whatever name that was And 60, maybe 80 people died across the country. But Barack Obama jumped on it. And he got scientists and doctors involved. They nipped that virus in the butt. People forget about that. But what Barack Obama did is set up a virus czar or office within the White House to keep those viruses under control. Okay, here comes Trump and his thuggish people. Barack Obama leaves, had that one-day conference, and this is where the setup came in. As Soon as Barack Obama left, Trump laid off everybody in that department. They knew he was gonna do that. Laid off everybody, took the money here, add this to the pot. Nobody knows where the money went. So the setup comes, and we saw five, four or five years later, here comes the virus. Well, within before Trump left. He lied and claimed, Barack Obama told me nothing about, he didn't leave me. He lied, Barack Obama couldn't even wait to get on the campaign trail to get his butt. So, you know, that's a crime over what? A million people in this country died of the virus and he knew about it. And when the virus was taken off in Europe, three of, six of Trump's people came to him and told him, you gotta do something, you gotta do a press conference. You can, This is how to control, this virus. Oh, it's nothing. It's a call. It's a virus. It'll go away. Oh, they got him on that, but nobody talks about it. But we will see. we see. But what we saw yesterday with the feds coming down here in Florida, breaking in, getting the, the safe cracker to, <laughs> to come in. Sounds like something out of cartoon to me. The safe cracker to go in and get the safe, get the boxes. Now, Nathan Ivey, I've been to the National Archives a zillion times over 20, 30 years. When I do research on projects, they got cameras all over the place in that place. I can tell. I can see it. You better not take a file or a picture or anything and put it in your little bag or slip it down your pants and think you're going to walk out of there and nobody's watching. And all those documents are coded anyway. So he's so arrogant with his stupid self that he thinks he can just drive a U-Haul truck to the National Archive, compensate all those documents. Now, come on. They know what he has because once those documents are in the National Archive, it's coded, it's on the micro scene, it's on a microfilm, and it's up on the cloud. But certain things they'll put on the cloud. Certain things they're not. It all comes down to... Those classified information, what the Russians have seen, the Republicans and Democrats are not talking, telling you what John from Florida is telling you. That classified information that the Russians may have that can put all of us in harm's way. And that's what they're not telling you. So they're sugarcoating the media and they're letting you know what they want you to know and what you don't want to know. They got him. The, the Don, the, the mobster, the godfather, the, the, the joker, whatever, all the names you want to call them. I'm waiting for uh, your guy, the West Coast, to call because I know he's listening to me. You know, these are crimes that it's a joke. But the bottom line, and I'll leave you with this, he's going to escape. He's not going to be held accountable. This is all a joke to me. And the joke is on us. I'll tell you why he's going to escape. If you look at Reagan and Senior Bush with that Iran-Contra garbage, they should have been locked up. And Oliver North testifying with his uniform on, with his hands up. What did he do? Plead the fifth. He won't talk. He won't talk. Because if he talked, he's going to implement Reagan and Senior Bush, which broke laws, and they should have been locked up. Then you move forward with Senior Bush again. you dropping those bombs over Nicaragua. You know, the stuff that he was doing. You move forward again. Here comes senior. Here comes, uh, well, uh, you say uh, Barack Obama didn't commit no crimes. I'll beg the difference. Wait till my book comes out. I'll point out a hundred things that Barack Obama does, broke crimes, and you don't know about it. I'm not telling you now. You move forward. Here comes stupid Trump. Well, well, uh, let's go back. Bush and Cheney. Now remember when Barack Obama came in, he did a press conference, and the, and that press conference had reporters in. And one one reporter in the back, his question was, Barack Obama, what are you going to do about Bush and Cheney? Oh, I don't got time to deal with that. This country is on a free fall, and I got to uh, really? Are you kidding me? Bush and Cheney sent American soldiers over to fight a war that nobody wanted. For the oil and the cocaine, they don't want to tell you that. For the oil and the cocaine, over 5,000 boys and girls dead, and you're not going to hold them accountable? Ah, That's a part of another crime with uh, Barack Obama. We'll deal with that another day. So here comes stupid Trump and his finales. He broke more laws. He broke crimes. And he's not going to be held accountable because of the pattern I just showed you with previous presidents that break laws. It's all a smokescreen, people, if, and if I'm shocked if they do, if the, D, if the DOJ decides to move forward with this, I don't think it's a – Nathan, let's end with this. There are deals that are cut, and you know with Republicans and Democrats behind the scenes. You think the Biden administration and DOJ and FBI is not sitting down with that rat and telling them you try to run for president? and see what's going to happen. We got the goods of you, your wife, your kids. We got you. So you can run your mouth and scream and yell all you want. You're not running, pal. You're not running. If not, we'll get you. So, you know, expect the factless governor down here in Florida. You think Trump is bad. You think our former governor in New Jersey, I call him Chris Crispy, you think he was bad in New Jersey? DeSantis, here in governor, hold on to your bootstrap. This guy's a nut.
2: With and he's John, playing the game. With that, he's John, playing. I got to make a move, bro. I appreciate you.
0: Take care. Have a nice day.
2: You too, man. Yeah, he would know. I hear. I don't I don't like what I'm seeing from DeSantis. John be going off. All of that, and the man don't vote. <laughs> All that shit he talking. And he don't even vote. He don't even vote. I just amazing to me, man. See a few things on my radar screen this morning. Five one three 873 7134 Not in any way to discredit what he had to say, but the man don't even vote. <laughs> he don't even fucking vote. Crazy. So uh, let me talk about Cincinnati, because coming up here in about 10 minutes, I'm scheduled to get a call from Scotty Johnson, who is a member of city council. This is his first term. And he's also a former Cincinnati police officer. So, uh, he's got uh, an expertise and a lens that perhaps most don't, and uh, I want to get his thoughts on what's new. You know, is it unrealistic for to to think that city council and mayor are supposed to like come up with some plans and deal with the crime? I, I, on some levels, I think it really is. On some levels, like, well, what can you do to stop gun violence? You know what I'm saying? Like, realistically, what can you do to stop gun violence? Have we done everything that we can? Have we tried and tried to do and everything we can? I don't know. I mean, people are searching for ideas. I'm reading about new surveillance cameras and now new police tactics like targeted patrols. But there was police officers standing right there. They're standing right there. It, it, there's, a, there's a certain mentality on the streets or in our community that don't really care when it, and it's, when they get when they get ready to pull the trigger they pull on the trigger maybe a mix of long term strategies like really investing for the long term and our families and the opportunities and then like real time strategies is what we're looking for I, I, you know I, we see this to me it seems like a circle you know shooting happens everybody outraged Politicians pledge to do things. They put some things in order, new targeted patrols, new cameras, new money for programs, new money for victims programs. They'll put together a big bounty or something like that. And declare we've tried to do what we can do. Time goes past. There's a shooting. Outrage. Am I the only one that sees this circle? But let's go back to the phones. Uh good morning and welcome. <laughs> good
4: morning, dear brother. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Sister Iris, welcome. Thank you, thank you. You know, I will click in, turn on, and be moving and grooving, but listening. And so the last couple of days I've been
0: extremely
4: busy, um, either it's with Brothers in Motion, a.k.a. the Water Boys, doing the work on the collaborative, trying to assist my husband at our own business. Now school time, I have a granddaughter who's attending SCPA and a grandson who, our latest grandchild, who um was born with some health issues. So it's been really, really busy. But I just want to say to you, dear brother, uh, I find this show to be so informative that it wakes me up in the morning. And when I don't get to hear Nathan Ivy and the chocolates and hear the diversion points of view and conversations and dialogue, I'm feeling lost in the tomato sauce. So I'm just gonna say that to you and leave it right there. Everything that you have done, everything that you have accomplished, I'm extremely proud of the footprint that you have left. Um, uh, we'll leave, we'll continue to do, built here. It, it has been phenomenal and an assistance to our community. Before um, Council Member Johnson comes on, and I want you to add this to your list, because we did have a community dialogue last night, the use of the N-word by city employees. Yeah, I was on for about and an hour. What, okay, great, great, great. I, did you, what, what were your thoughts? Did you learn anything new? Um, uh, here what's coming down?
2: Well, I, not, well, yes and no. So I, what I learned new was just knowing that it, it seemed like everybody on the line agreed that there needs to be a zero tolerance policy. So that was, I, I was relieved to hear that from um, the, the interim super, not superintendent, but the interim police chief and all the people on the line. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a great thing. What I didn't hear because I had to jump off and I was doing things with my son is, okay, so what's the road to the policy? And I know that, that that's where you were pointing as well. Like you were really focused on that. But what's the role to the policy? When do we change the policy? How can the community be involved in helping um the change the policy? Whose responsibility is it? So that's that's what I'm looking for.
4: So there are two roads to changing the policy. And I think I'm sorry, Nathan, are you still talking? No, I'm not. There's two roads to change to the change of policy. The city manager has all rights and responsibility to the change of the policy. I think we, because last night we had the new director of our, our law department, we had someone there from HR to walk us through the process. So, part of what we have Cincinnati is your legislators who write legislation. The other part of what I wanted to bring and continuously will bring is the administration who does the day to day, the everyday work of the city, right? While we're negotiating with our legislators what things we want to be written, they are working on things that are currently on the books, running the city and doing the daggone thing. It is the city manager's responsibility to change policy. What um, our law department said to us, Deputy Director uh, Emily Warner said, is that they're looking into the legal ramifications. They don't have to go and negotiate with unions, as I was told before, the city manager can simply change the policy. I think where the ambiguity or where there could be some slip, slippery slopes is in arbitration. And I remember two years ago, Nathan Ivey, the community assisted, um, uh, we submitted six points to the city manager, then Paula boggs Meeting to negotiate into the FOP contract because a lot of protections and provisions will lie there. One of them was around arbitration. Arbitration has been a problem for keeping bad police, police officers off the force and discipline. You would go to arbitration, it would, get, it would get overturned. What we proposed two years ago, and which was negotiated in, was the removal of arbitration. Let it, let it stick. Right. Well, then the city manager came back and said, "We can't get that through. How about we do? We change the process of the arbitrate tours. Meaning, before it was just one. Now what she what she had proposed to us was that instead of getting rid of it, we'll select from fifteen because they're all nationally trained practicing attorneys, and that." They will stay anonymous, and their decisions will be anonymous, so people cannot go and shop for arbitrators, meaning Nathan Nathan can't say, as the FOP president or representative, we want, uh, let's say, T. Nicole to be our arbitrator because they would always side on the side of the police, right? Well, what the the then city manager did was negotiated, we can select from three, their decisions would stay anonymous, and nobody could arbitrate arbitrator shop. So, we wanted to make sure that that process is being upheld going forward since that was negotiated. And I can send you the FYI memo. I send you all the things that um, we got in the policy in with her signature on it in an FYI memo to the council and to the mayor then. So, he has all rights and parcels to that. We submitted language. Um, From our attorney, Al Gerhardstein, to amend the Administrative Code 25, which governs the use of harassment and racial slurs. We're asking for zero tolerance, but there is an exception when one is teaching about the N-word. If a supervisor says Nathan is teaching a class, um, sometimes people don't understand. And it is a legal fight um, that people will go in and say, well, we want to teach. We should be able to use the word, not calling someone, but teaching that. So what we submitted would help. Administrative Code 25, get to zero tolerance. The other piece, though, there were some interesting follow-up questions about that, and we started to talk about racism and started to talk about behaviors, which was really good. And I think this is the first time that we've been able to talk to police, city administration, and legislators around how things get done. I do believe that Mr. Johnson is submitting um ordinance um, to the administration on zero tolerance. But I will tell you both of them are working hard right now. So you have two um, tracks um, attempting to change this policy right now. um, So that Going forward, we, we won't be having this conversation about over 4,000 um, city employees having the opportunity of using the N-word or any other racial slurs. There are other racial slurs that can be used um, that we don't even talk about. Like, we don't talk about a Jewish racial slur. We don't talk about racial slurs against um, the LBG LGBTQIA community. We don't talk about racial slurs that are um, targeted towards Hispanics. We don't talk about those things hey, because I was, I, they I got Scotty calling
2: in right now. Sorry about yes.
4: that. Yes. Do your thing. I just wanted to give you an update on that. And thank you, dear brother. Thank you for the show. Thank yeah, you. For thank
2: yeah, I don't need to hurry her off, but uh, you know, when I a guests on, I don't want to have them waiting. I appreciate her, but it was very interesting and I appreciate the the invite just to sit back and listen. I did have a few questions, but then I wasn't able to get them in, but uh, a lot of smart, intelligent people in the room. And the one thing I got of it, I was glad to hear that all the people in the room seem to agree. It should be a zero tolerance policy when it comes to any racial slur, black, white, or whatever. But we have a uh, councilman, Scotty Johnson. Hey, Scotty, good morning to you, sir.
5: Good morning, Nathan. Nathan, and uh, to the choppers. Thank you, brother, for the uh, invite. Uh, been very busy, <laughs> very busy. But yeah. it's always, I always want to take a minute to make sure you get your due, my brother, because the, the work that you do and the flavor and you and the unique way that you bring it is uh, always, uh, always a, a breath of fresh air. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for allowing me to be on.
2: Yeah, most definitely. and uh, to Iris, I appreciate the kind words as well. But, yeah, I wanted to catch up with you, man. I mean, I'd I've seen you on the news, I mean, looking very serious, <laughs> a lot of very serious uh, things going on. So I just wanted to stay in contact with you in your office to get updates uh, as to what's going on, what's on your radar screen. And then we've had these two big high-profile things going on with, you know, CPD officers using the N-word, which, as a former CPD officer, I know that touches you. And then also the shooting that we have over the weekend. So can we start with the shooting and then work to the N word and then work to things that uh, you know or that your office is dealing with? Does that does that work for you?
5: Absolutely, that, that works. That, absolutely. Uh, so, so what's the latest on the shooting? You know, is there
2: anything you can share with us?
5: Well, the the latest on the shooting, as most of you know, nine people shot uh, Sunday morning on Main Street on Woodward and around Main Street, and um, that type of reckless. Craziness is just completely unacceptable. The new twist to this, Nathan, is the ATF has put up a five thousand dollar reward for the convict for the arrest and the conviction of uh, this uh, person that the, t- the persons involved in the shooting. Um, you know, this is the type of stuff that you know you see on national news. The type of stuff where you see and other other places and when it hits home it's just it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking for a couple of reasons nathan because you know people should be able to come to the city of all ages as long as you're grown of all ages and all ethnicities come to the city and have a good time go to your spot kick it have a great time and and i want people to continue continue to do that i want you to spend millions of dollars in the city of cincinnati i wanted to be inviting for everybody but when you have this type of reckless nonsense what you do is you endanger everybody brother and that could have been somebody's mother cousin aunt uncle uh daughter son you know happened to be leaving an establishment and you want to get into a running gun battle it appears i'm not i'm not saying, we know that for sure, but it appears it was two different shooters, and you want to get into a gunfight over what? And then you endanger the lives of everybody else, uh, innocent people uh, that were just trying to enjoy themselves and have a good time. And then the, 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 the real painstaking thing at the end of something like this, when the fire and the paramedics try to get there to administer aid to those that were wounded and we do thank god nobody was mortally wounded or killed you know the the, the, the crowd draws a line in the sand and the police have to set off flashbangs to get through the crowd so it's safe for paramedics to go in and treat people now that's the you know some of this i don't get i don't understand i don't i, I don't get that um but you know those are it's very few It's very few people that cause this type of reckless, uh, disrespectful behavior to everybody that makes it bad. So, you know, I I believe in personal accountability when it comes to this, Nathan. You know, I know people are going to beef, people are going to have problems, but you have to solve that by picking up a gun and shooting at one another and then recklessly, you know, injure innocent people. That's the part that's most disturbing.
2: Yeah, it's a very sad time. It really is. You know, from my standpoint, it's like, so so now as a council person, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on you guys, right? Everybody's looking to see what you and Mayor Aftab are going to do. And I think it's mm-hmm. fair on some levels, but I also think it's kind of unfair on some levels because, you know, you're dealing with a state legislature. You know, it's not like city council can just radically change gun laws all on yourself without, you know, losing in a future court case. And but at the same time, it's not like you can't do anything. But what I've been hearing is that there's been some proposals about targeted police uh, patrols and more surveillance cameras. And I think all that's good. Um, But is that going to stop somebody from picking up a gun and pulling a trigger in the near future? Probably not.
5: And Nathan, you are absolutely correct. I know more than likely everything is on the table. Uh, especially when it comes to more surveillance cameras and probably upgrading the surveillance cameras uh, in our entertainment districts. Other major cities have them where they are monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, That's definitely on the table. You did bring up legislation. State legislators have to get involved and have some semblance of sensitivity when it comes to the reckless nature of guns. First of all, America's got this love for guns that's just absolutely ridiculous. It's like, you know, you, you people people are so proud to hold and own firearms. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gun owner. I'm going to probably be one till they bury me. But there's a way to go about responsibly owning guns. And the reckless nature which we're seeing uh, with guns the state, legislator, the state legislators do have a role to play. I will say this, and I appreciate that. It is, we do have a role to play as council. Um, we have to make sure that we're doing everything possible where fair, equitable policing is administered in hot spots. That doesn't mean you go in and start violating people, right, people's rights. That doesn't mean you go in and start just doing what you want to do because we're not going to stand for that. But we do want to make sure it's crystal clear that the bad guys are not going to win in this city. We're on a, we're on a good trajectory right now in Cincinnati with the, with the entertainment districts, with uh, new development going on. But we cannot allow the very few to, to throw, a, throw a, a blanket over the success that we've seen over the last couple of years. Uh, in addition to that, it is everybody's responsibility it's everybody's responsibility to be safe and have a good time. And those that are out there causing this type of chaos, they need to be—they need to be put in jail. I'm not going to back away from that because that could—that be, could have been a child just simply nathan in its in its bed. Think about it. People live down there too. People have cribs down there, and a child in his room or just watching television and reckless gunfire. Thank God it didn't happen. Could have took a child's life. So everybody's responsible, uh, personal accountability and responsibility come into play. And it's it, it, and I said this: if you see something, say something, because it could be your child or cousin or brother or sister the next time.
2: Yeah. Good morning to you, everybody. Uh, we're talking with City Council Member Scotty Johnson. Uh, this is his first term. Uh, are you you're about a year into your first term? Is that correct, Scotty? Am I off with the with the timing there no
5: january we're actually just seven eight months in okay. and january will be the first that the completion of the first year wow um wow. it feels like and i'm gonna brag a little bit nathan i think this council hit the ground running i think we've done we haven't ran we haven't run from any difficult or controversial issue i said it when i was campaigning I am not going to be a legislator that hides from anything that may cause uncomfortability, controversy, or anything like that. I need to get out of the way and give a seat to somebody else if I'm not willing to tackle those difficult issues. But I'll say myself and my colleagues have addressed some tough issues, some difficult issues. It does seem like we've been in office a lot longer than we have been, but we're just eight months in but we're going to continue. I'm going to continue. I think you've seen the work of uh, the vice mayor, uh, Victoria parks, all of them. We're going to continue to jump on those issues that should have been addressed years ago. Um, listen, we shouldn't even be having this conversation about the N word and homophobic slurs. Nathan, Nathan, that policy that is in place now has been weak as water when it was implemented with, uh, uh former city manager valerie lemming i mean you get two three strikes to be disrespectful and and be and bring some of the most disrespectful denigrating denigrating language that can possibly be spewed out you get two and three shots at that no you need to while you represent the city of Cincinnati you need to learn to curb your language in your mouth. If you can't do that, go find another job. Right. There are a number of expletives that you can use when you're stressed, angry, and all the other excuses I've heard about policing and all of that. There's a whole lot of other expletives. I'm not condoning any of them because you're going to move into discourtesy. But there's some that cross the line, and it's not harsh. You don't have anything to worry about if you don't use them. So I don't think it's harsh. I don't think it's uh, a knee-jerk. It's a weak policy that's been in line, been in, been, in, been law for too long, and we've got the council in place right now to do something about it, and the manager. And I think we've got a new city solicitor. Emily, who who's not afraid to, uh, to tackle this either.
2: Yeah. And we just had uh, sister Iris on and she said that there's a couple of paths, but you know, one is that the city manager can change the policy and he doesn't have to go back to the negotiation table with the union to do so. He can just simply change the policy. I think after having black tech week here and, opening the black music hall of fame and the black taste and the music. And, you know, we caught the eyes of the, of the region, if not the nation for some really positive stuff. And then a week later, you know, the city's getting national news about officers using the N word one white. I mean, one black, the rest white, it's just a bad look. And I think the response for that from a tourism standpoint, right. From just how the city looks should be, Zero tolerance for racial slurs. I mean, I, that's that. I think that's the right thing to happen. And I was very glad I was on a call last night. So I was listening in. I did have a question, but I had to get off. And I heard you saying mm-hmm. over and over again, like, look, I did the job. I did the job. I didn't that's do right. it. So if I that's didn't right. do it, That's my expectations. And uh, you made a point and we made the point. I made the point here. Like I do see a difference in terms of like on the street around, you know, you're not at work between brothers using the N word N I G G A. But when I'm dealing with somebody on the job, let's say the city, I don't care if you black or white. Don't call Don't refer to me as a slur. You know,
5: uh, you're getting too comfortable. I don't know you like that. That's right. You're on the job. And and they that's right. And and, and and you said it, you know, here's, here's the thing. No, while you work for the city, while you're representing the city, those eight, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours, whatever shift you you're working, you have a responsibility to administer fair, equitable service. And I don't care if it's a fireman. I don't care if it's public works. I don't care if it's the police, Cincinnati recreation, you have a responsibility If you can't do that, go work somewhere else. And you said it, I don't care if it's a black man to black man. I don't care if it's gay person to gay person. Racial and homophobic slurs are completely unacceptable. And it's like I said previously, if you can't control your mouth for that time, you don't deserve the privilege to serve the citizens in Cincinnati. It's not difficult, and it's amazing. It's amazing how people are now trying to specifically the FOP president Dan Hills is trying to hide behind due process. Nobody ever said we were not going to allow a due process. It's going. There will be an investigation into the allegation, but you don't get to hide behind that. And then here's the cooker, uh, Nathan. What union really wants to have a public battle with us? over the use of homophobic and racial slurs. You really wanna have that conversation? So I say, I invite it. I invited. let's have that conversation. But if you have people that you allegedly represent, and depending on the union, let's say the Cincinnati Police Department is 35, between 33 and 37% black now. So what does that say about you as a union leader trying to muddy the waters when it comes to 30 let's say it's 35 percent 35 percent of your union that pays dues that pays your salary gets to be disrespected and then 46 but let's say if the city of Cincinnati is between 44 and 46 percent black that pay your salary get to be disrespected so I'm, uh, it's just long overdue. It absolutely makes no sense. It's a no-brainer to me. It should be a 9-0 vote. And Nathan, I want to see something in place by the end of this month. Uh, we don't go back into full session till September, but I want something done. And I've made it crystal clear. I want something done before we before the end of this month. And that first meeting in September, you will have legislation that's passed.
1: Speaking
2: with uh, City Council Member Scotty Johnson, if you got comments or questions, uh, put them in the chat, and I'll try to get to them. And speaking of which, Scotty, we had a few comments and questions that came in. So somebody wanted to know okay. if is Shot Spotter the Shot Spotter cover uh, Main Street, and do you think it's still worth the money?
5: Shot Spot, I, I don't believe. I don't think. Now I'm not sure. I don't think we have Shot Spotter down there. Uh, We do have cameras down there, but I do believe it is worth the investment because of nothing else. I think the statistics were were unbelievable. Even when shots were actually fired in specific parts of the city, when shots were fired, the call for service was only around 30-something percent. So think about that, Nathan. Seventy percent of the time where shots were fired in specific neighborhoods, nobody called the police. With ShotSpotter, it automatically alerts the police and it does a good job of pinpointing where those shots came from. And those are things that we do need to make sure that every neighborhood is safe and there's always a hundred percent response when shots are fired. Because, God forbid, somebody can be wounded and nobody calls the police and then you have somebody lying there that possibly life could have been saved with ShotSpotter, at least the police respond to shots being fired.
2: Somebody wants to know, has ShotSpotter ever led to a conviction?
5: I I believe ShotSpotter, I could not say for sure, but I do believe ShotSpotter Spotter has led to has has pointing out an area and then after an investigation and or a short pursuit you did get the shooter in some of those in uh and 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 some of those incidents so uh, yeah it did it 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 puts you within a couple of i i if i remember correctly maybe within 20 yards of where it came from and if you get that then you can start a surrounding that area moving in from where it came from and if the, if that if that bad guy or that person is not out of that area then more than likely an apprehension will take place.
2: Uh just a clarification someone's asking for clarification about you said they used the police so going back to main street so emergency mm-hmm. services were trying to get to the scene and you said so was the crowd blocking
5: their their efforts yeah. to get
2: to the scene, and then I guess the the, the,
5: the the report I got, and then I don't know if you heard, we did we not we the Cincinnati police had to use a fat flashbang pole to clear the area. Those those are not projectiles thrown into the crowd; those were projectiles on a pole, which the bang is unbelievable. It's like a grenade going off. When when the police started to come in to attempt to find out who was shot and how many uh, first uh, medical care ambulance they they, uh, would need, it was almost a line was drawn in the sand. And from there, that could be somebody's child shot, mortally wounded that the paramedics can't get to. So the paramedics wait for us, wait for the police, Y'all got to excuse me. Wait for the police to clear that area so they can go in and it's safe. Anytime, anytime somebody's shot, the paramedics, the fire departments, which they should wait till it's safe for them to go in and to administer aid and there are no more shots being fired in that area and or even at them as they try to administer aid. Now, I'm not saying shots were fired at them, but trying to get through that crowd was very difficult and that's when the flashbangs were used to clear that area so the paramedics could get in and minister aid
2: are there any other things uh, that your office is working on or that's before city council that people just aren't talking about that you feel like we should be talking about
5: there there, there are a couple the, the one big thing that we're still working on is we we got to make sure Nathan that we uh, that 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 services are being delivered to those that are having a tough time paying rent. So those are some of the things we're still working with the state to try to make sure that the funding is not being tied up and it's actually getting to the landlords that own these properties that are part of the program. Far too many people are still struggling with trying to pay their rent and and trying to eat and we're working feverishly with the state to make sure it's not getting tied up in the red tape to where people are being put out of their homes or are being put out of their homes. That's just something we got to continue to work on. That's something we got to continue to fight. And it's very difficult to hear all the red tape stories, far too many red tape stories, brother, that tie people up and, 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 and cause them to have to stress over, are they gonna be able to pay their, their, their rent? Another thing is legacy home ownership, Nathan, something that uh, myself and Jan Michelle and Reggie Harris are definitely looking into. We're talking about legacy home ownership. Take a place like Madisonville that's going through a complete revamping. We're still working on making sure those homeowners that held Madisonville, and I just used Madisonville as an example, held Madisonville, Madisonville down for years, do not have to pay that increased taxes. Their taxes stay the same. So those are things that we're working on to make sure people have somewhere to live and they're not being priced out of their communities, which they held down before renovation even started.
2: Well, Scotty, listen, brother, I appreciate your time and uh, let's stay connected. Like, you know, uh, as I said before, always an open door policy and uh, just let us know, man, what's going on. I appreciate the work you're doing for the people.
5: Nathan, thank you, man. Keep up your amazing work, brother. And, and anytime, anytime, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to the choppers. You right. have a great day, Nate. You too. Appreciate you, Scotty brother. Johnson, everybody.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Appreciate him. So back to back to back, right? We, we talked with Sister Iris and we talked with Scotty Johnson, giving a perspective from the people that's actually right there doing it. Who knows better about this stuff than, than these individuals, right? Uh, so I really appreciate them uh, calling in and sharing their thoughts with us. Let me take a quick pause for the cause. We'll come right back. It's the Nathan Ivey Show, where nothing is funnier than the truth. Men are li- allowed to be men. And of course, as I've said before, sucker MCs get dealt with. We'll be right back right after this.
6: ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like. Five fifty on the five sticky can get high with me, that's a deal, right. Ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like. Five fifty on the five sticky can get high with me, that's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right. That's a bet, right. That's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right. That's a deal, right? That's a deal, right.
2: Alright, good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Quick
6: break. Welcome back.
2: I know everybody's ready for the Bengals, right? Really excited uh, about the upcoming Bengals st- uh, season because they went to the Super Bowl. Like, who, who, seen, who could have who foresaw that? Like We knew that they had some good pieces, but Super Bowl? So now I'm sure the expectations for Bengal fans are through the roof. And it was revealed about, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago that the Bengals were going to rename their stadium. Uh, So it'll no longer be called Paul Brown Stadium. And I'll be honest with you, I think that what was typical for many, many years was that the stadium was named after, like, the owner of the team, hence the name Paul Brown Stadium. But then, you know, in in the interest of making more money, uh, arenas and stadiums started selling their naming rights, which is smart. Right. And for the people that purchase the naming rights, it's smart because, as I understand it, football is the more, continues to be the most popular of all the organized professional sports in the United States for a lot of really good reasons. But now, Paul Brown Stadium is going to be called Paycor Stadium. Paycor Stadium. It was announced uh, just a couple hours ago um, this morning. So, no longer Paul Brown Stadium. Now, it'll be called Paycore Stadium. How do you feel about that? Paycore Stadium. I mean, if I had to choose between Paul Brown Stadium and Paycore Stadium, I think I would take Paul Brown Stadium. Not that I knew Paul Brown or any way. I'm trying to blow him up. But he just has more personality, right? And maybe I'm just used to it. PBS, Paul Brown Stadium. Now, it'll be called Paycore Stadium. I mean, no. It could be worse. You know, you saw the same thing with Los Angeles uh, where LeBron James now plays. Now it's called, was it Crypto Arena in terms of cryptocurrency, which is big right now. Uh, all the folks who said get in on Bitcoin and crypto were right. But it's not over. You can still buy into it now. Um, uh, PayCore Stadium. How am I a Bingo fan? Any any they nation out there? How do you feel about that? PayCore Stadium doesn't really matter but we just having a conversation like no matter how you feel about it that's what it is paycor stadium i guess you know i don't know maybe i'm biased but when i heard about that you know that i did have a name in mind that i was interested in um maybe it was a pipe dream you know maybe this organization is not there yet but i do know there's a relationship between um, the Bengals and the black-owned clothing brand. And in my head, I thought it'd be dope if it was called Black-Owned Stadium. Wouldn't that be dope? Black-Owned Clothing Stadium, something like that. Um, perhaps, uh, I think their founder, Means Cameron, young brother doing big things. Shout-out to Means Cameron. I don't know him. I just see what he's doing from afar, and I always support. And uh, I know they got a relationship with the Bengals, which I think is super, super dope, by the way. Uh, props to all the people involved with that. It just makes the Bengals look better. It makes their relationship with the community and black entrepreneurs look better, and obviously it's elevating uh, that brand as well. But wouldn't that be dope as hell? That was my quiet favorite. Call me racially biased, I guess, I guess, I guess. But that would be dope, right? From Paul Brown Stadium to Black Owned Stadium, that would be super dope. You know that would be dope. You know you like that idea, right? If you don't, you hating. You don't like that idea, you hating stop hating Victoria writes uh Pacor stadium don't got that flow it doesn't have that flow this there's, there's no superlative flows to that it's just like and see that's the thing about it you know you're just so used to the name of a the stadium especially when it's like the name of a person which you know if I owned the stadium should I put my name on it too I guess there's somebody gonna pay me like I'm sure the Paycor people are I don't have any idea, <laughs> Ray writes They may not be ready for that. You don't think so? I don't have any idea how something like how much something like that uh, is worth. I'm sure it's into the seven figures. No doubt about that. I'm it, it, I'm sure it's into the multi-million dollars. I mean, because just think about the visibility that you're going to get. You know, you're getting visibility year-round, year round, especially during the games themselves. You're getting crazy visibility for your brand. It, it's probably eight figures it's probably north of eight figures quite honestly the more i think about it i don't know and perhaps the folks over at black on brand aren't there yet i hope for their sake uh they get there one day but that would be dope
0: you know that's what i had in mind everybody
2: you know had a, maybe had a thought maybe you didn't have a thought that's what i had in mind black Owned stadium i like the way that sounds that would be super dope now you know that would be so dope it would bring a level of visibility to cincinnati everybody would look at that whole thing the dingles, differently but that's just me uh ray rice nathan they are not ready for that <laughs> they ain't ready for that that would be cool though tell me that would be cool what would be a better name than that and they already got a relationship with the black on clothing brand that would be dope maybe one day maybe one day i don't know Trenese Rice, Paul Brown name was Gangsta. You know, we were just used to it. You know, my whole life has been Paul Brown Stadium. And we understand he was a founder of the Browns and also the Bengals as well. We get it. Just get kind of get used to it. Um, uh, but there could be some better names. Uh, Paycor Stadium. Mm, uh, like Sister V said, there's no flow to that. There's no, I don't know, there's nothing to it. It doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, Brent writes, super, super dope. If that black-owned clothing line would have came up with the dollars, then they could have had the stadium naming rights. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, I don't know their business, but from what I see, they seem to be doing uh, doing well. Um, and it's just charting upwards, which is a great thing to see. And um, that's what I had in mind. That would be super dope, and it would all make sense because they've already got a relationship as well. But, you know, something like that. You you're probably looking for two things if it's me. Number one, you're looking to work with somebody whose company's core values match your own. That's number one, and then number two, you're looking for somebody that can come up with the check. <laughs> Simple as that. Our values match, and 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 the check clears. We got a deal. We got a deal. <laughs> Other than that, Jerka writes, uh, "Black owned stadium? That would never happen." I mean, we're just talking. I mean, damn, if we can't come together and, like, I don't know, uh, imagine or fantasize or think about what if, then what the hell are we doing here? I mean, I know, I know. I mean, I don't think it would never happen. I, I won't say it would never happen. Uh, I just think that the black-owned brand, is, they're just not there yet. Um, but maybe they one day will be. I don't know. Maybe there will be another brand or something like that. You know, Originality Stadium or something like that. I'll be down with that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. But that's just me. Uh, Tr uh, writes, "I'm a hater. Nah, that that's gonna start fights. What you saying? What you saying? I'm, I'm coming in late." Uh, Angela writes, "I'm just gonna refer to it as Bengal Stadiums, like countless others. Right, right. That's what people do. They say the Bengal Stadium." Um. Uh, Brent writes the renaming of Paul Brown Stadium is ten to fifteen years behind the times. Correct, Amundo, Brent. Correct, Amundo. You're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, you're right. I thought that to myself many years ago. Like, damn. But you know, I'm not in a position to make any decisions, so it is what it is. They can do what they want to do with their stadium. But I mean, you know, for folks of us who live in the city of Cincinnati, or you might be a fan of the Bengals, or you watch the Bengals now, and again, you gonna have a lot of bandwagoners. And hey. Open up the floodgates, man. If you want to bandwagon the bangles, great. Enjoy yourself. You know, damn, life is so damn serious. It's so damn serious. Dealing with family and financial obligations and work obligations and life obligations and friend obligations and partner obligations. Man, you get so caught up with that that sometimes you just want to unplug from the matrix and just enjoy something and not think. You know what I'm saying? Not even think about anything. You just want to just watch and be entertained. And that's what sports can bring you. So, if that helps the work, great. That, if that helps the work, then great. Uh, Dante writes, man, stop. Racist-ass NFL and its investors? Uh, I'm sure that the NFL... I wouldn't be surprised, should I say, if the NFL ownership has to sign off on the naming rights of all the stadiums because it's a reflection of the shield. and That's what they call the emblem for the NFL. But it's going to happen one day. It ain't impossible. It ain't impossible. you acting like it's impossible, Dante. Uh, let me see. rights, writes, uh, everywhere I go, they want my black-owned hat. Yeah. I was watching a movie, it was called The Wrong Turn 785, whatever the latest, like the most recent movie that came out called Wrong Turn, if you watch that, there's a character in the movie that's got a black on t-shirt on, and I was watching it like, damn, don't ask me why I was watching it, because I do that sometimes, and he had a black on t-shirt on, I thought that's so dope, that's so dope. Uh, Michael writes, my prediction is the Bengals will be 6-11. and So they got a tough road. We'll see what happens. Injuries, the whole nine yards. But I don't really care what their record is. I mean, I, I want them to succeed, but, you know, it's going to be entertaining either way. Like I said, I don't get paid either way off of it. So um, at the end of the day, it's just entertainment to me. Uh, Angela writes, perhaps if more blacks supported black owned, they'd have the money. Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I don't know the balance sheet. Those brothers at work with I have no idea. So, uh, I'm only going to assume the best. Uh, I think they're growing. I thought when I saw that relationship that they built with the Bengals, I thought it was super dope. I thought it was super dope on both sides. Great for this black owned brand literally, but also great for the Bengals as well. It just makes them look different. Uh, Charles writes, uh, the the renaming is just another symptom of the Burrow effect, probably, and the Jamar Chase effect because Burrow ain't ish without somebody to throw the ball to. And the men who catch the ball ain't ish without somebody that can properly place that ball. It's a relationship. I hate it. That's a team sport. Yeah, Joe Burrow's a quarterback, and he's good, and he's the leader on some levels in the face of the franchise. He deserves all of that. But that's a team sport, you know, as we learned last year. You know, the offense, if you ain't got them big boys up to, up, up front, them big boys up front, hossing them, them offensive linemen that can handle it, then Joe Burrow can't even do what he does. And if he can't do what he does, then the running backs and the wide receivers and the tight ends, it all falls apart. It all falls apart. So uh, when I look at the Bengals, I see a good team. I see a good team. And we'll see what happens. You know, I hope they win the Super Bowl. That'd be great for the city. All my friend friends out there that's invested. I got a, one of my partners, Boutros. Uh, Boutros is big in the Bengals. And I'm happy for him. That's great. You know, you got to have something to look at. You know, I got family members that's big in the Bengals. Uh, and that's great. That's great for them. So you, for my friends to get a payoff for your hard, 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 long years of being a fan, that is a great thing. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, if that's what you want to do, or boycott it. Some people ain't effing with it because of Colin Kaepernick. I'll respect that too. I'll respect that too. Uh, my stepdad is a Raisin fan, Ravens fan. He hates the Bengals. He calls it the stadium, the litter box. The litter box. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> your stepdad got a sense of humor, TNT. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Dante writes, uh, pay core handle our payroll. They're trash. ha <laughs> ha are they oh boy oh, i hope they didn't jinx us oh boy Mm-mm-mm. clarence is in the house he writes morning choppers what's up gotta greet the choppers in the in the same fashion where are we here we go
1: oh, the uh
2: let me see here uh Shabba writes, don't sleep on celebs rocking the OOOG brand attire established by a Cincinnati native living in the ATL. OOOG. Let me look that up real quick. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Let me look this up right now. I'm on Instagram right now. The OOOG brand. All right. Oh, I see. Oh, they got some big celebrities on here. Okay. 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 A Cincinnatian did this, is that right? You know, I love the big up Cincinnatians. Absolutely, okay. Thank you for the thank you for the vine on that one, as Jim Rome might say. Uh, are the Bengals gonna pay Burrow two hundred fifty million to keep him? They should. They should. Uh, Joy B thrown again uh, after the surgery. Absolutely. Um, O O G Brian is from Cincinnati. Is that right? Okay. Damn, I'm going to reach out Nikia. Okay, I didn't know that. You know, I I can't see everything. That's a great thing. You know, I love the rep up, of Cincinnatians. You know it. If a Cincinnatians in the race, I'm at the Cincinnatian, period. If a black Cincinnatian is in the race, you already know. If I'm biased, damn it, I'm biased. Color me biased, then. It is what it is. That's just me. Let me jump over and say what's up to my people on Spreaker. Pamela writes, watch, drop, totally ignore Trump's home being searched. Instead, he would talk about Hillary's emails or Hunter's laptop. (laughs) What's up, Ray? Pamela's on point. Pamela's on point. She already know what's going on. Let me circle back around because I know people are in and out of the show. I started the show by giving a lot of praise and props to Edna Hal Parish. Uh, props to her she is going to be inducted into the dayton hall of fame the dayton broadcasting hall of fame and i'm just asking maybe you find her on facebook and send her a direct message if you used to listen to her show maybe you don't listen now or maybe you listen from time to time or whatever but you're aware of her uh send her a message and just say you know congrats to her you know as a creative you know that kind of thing can go a long way it just kind of lets you know that you know people are jiving with what you're creating And uh, she's inspired and touched a lot of lives uh, over the years. And again, it's just, you know, life is not without irony. You know, I mean, she was the host, the most iconic host of Straight Talk Live, way more iconic than me. And then I ended up being the host for many years and doing what I did with that, with that particular uh, opportunity. And uh, now here we are working together. Uh, so perhaps the mo- the two most iconic, in terms of Cincinnati anyway, uh, host of Straight Talk Live now working together, which I think is really interesting. But uh, she most 1,000% uh, deserves the recognition. If they've got a Hall of Fame here in the city of Cincinnati, she should be inducted in that as well uh, for all the people that, she, that she, she touched. And again, I remember listening to her. I'll tell the story I said earlier. I remember listening to her when I was a little G wasn't thinking about any I was thinking about rapping, playing ball. And on Sundays I was checking out Straight Talk because he just had such a pleasant voice and such a pleasant style but it was informative and I felt like I was getting something out of it. You know, this is way before anybody even thought about podcasting or live streaming, there was the radio, so but now radio has been um Well, let's just say now there's just other uh, opportunities, other ways of connecting with people. Nakia writes, uh, I watched uh, Aetna since I was young. Uh, Same here. Uh, Greg writes, uh, and everybody, you know, I think Greg is going through some stuff. I posted a GoFundMe. He's trying to raise some money. I think he's got some medical stuff he's dealing with, Greg. Uh, Wish you the best, bro. Wish you all the best, man. Health is wealth, and when you don't have that, you don't have anything in some cases, so. Uh, It's on my page, so check it out, read it, decide what you want to do if you want to help Greg out. But he writes, I think that's the same, Greg. If I'm wrong about that, um, matter of fact, let me go to my Facebook page so I can be correct real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is Greg. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you want to help Greg out, please do so. Uh, I'm a man of my word, Greg. And I'll share it again uh, on some other pages as well. He writes, I used to listen to Edna straight talk live on the Wiz in the early 1990s. Congratulations to Edna. Howe. Absolutely. Uh, Jericho writes, was she before Lincoln in terms of being the host of straight talk? Yes. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, she was. Uh, I think Lincoln and then box. Uh, they had a, a few people that was kind of trying to hold it down uh, after straight talk after Edna left. And then I got the opportunity Um I think it was box Wayne box Miller and then also Lincoln and maybe some other people from the station was sitting in, you know, maybe, uh, Terry Thomas, I think I might remember her. She was a program director for the Wiz. I think she was sitting in from time to time. I think even Jerry Tomlin might've sat in as well. I I don't remember, but I do know they had sort of like a, a musical chairs kind of thing going on for a little while. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, Clarence writes, "Did the Democrats just shoot themselves in the foot and commit political suicide with this botched raid on the Donald Trump house last night? Well, what makes you think it was a botched raid, Clarence? We don't even know what they found at this point. I mean, unless you got a, can you send me a link if you got some information that we just don't have? But the latest information that I had is that um, we don't have any idea what they actually confiscated at this point." You know what I'm saying? We don't know. We don't know what the information is at this point. So, uh, I think it's too early to say it's a botch raid. And then, secondly, you're saying, did the Democrats? Are, are, yeah, Biden's in the White House, and it's his Justice Department which acts independently in some cases. Like, you know, despite the way Donald Trump wanted to run things, the way it's supposed to work is that. Uh, the, the president isn't calling the Justice Department telling them who to investigate. In fact, I think that would be crossing some lines. That would get a president in trouble. Although we know that Trump did that and tried to do it. He tried to use the IRS to go after his enemies and the Department of Justice to go after his enemies. But I don't think that's the way it's supposed to work. So I, I, again, I would just push back on the way that you're even couching that, Clarence. Did the Democrats, you know, it was the FBI that did that. You know what I'm saying? It was the FBI. Um, and you said shoot themselves in the foot. Again, we don't even know what they got yet. So we don't know if they got some evidence. If they didn't get evidence, we don't know. Um, I'm not sure where you're coming from with that, Clarence. I don't really understand. But I can hear uh, Sean Hannity saying something like that. You know, they, they always try to spin it. You know, all oh, the Democrats, they're trying to use the government to go after Trump because their policies are failing. Um, I, I think when it's all said and done, if you compare term to term, that Joe Biden is going to be in the, end up being far more legislatively successful in terms of actually passing laws and bills than Trump ever could have been. I think he already has been, but I think at the end of his four-year term, he would have gotten more done legislatively and not just by executive order than Trump did. So, I again, people are always trying to spin things. It is what it is. I need clarification. I need clarification. Uh, Jericho writes, did Greg? Uh... Oh, okay. He says nothing wrong with me. He's just getting some money for a coloscomy. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. There it is. There it is. Appreciate you being real with it. So, again, you know, I shared it, bro. Uh, Chopper support choppers. People can make their decision if they want to. Um, I didn't want to read. I'm sorry to read more into it than was actually there. David writes, uh, it wasn't party. It was the government, right? It wasn't a party. The Democrat Party in control the FBI. Because if they was, they'd be doing a whole lot more other stuff. Uh, uh, Jekka writes, uh, Edna, I'm sorry, Victoria writes, Sister V writes, Edna Howe, Paris, was the first local conscious talk show. Really talked about issues and solutions we were facing. She impacted me in big ways. A well-deserved congratulations to her body of work. I do know she taps into the show from time to time. She might be listening right now. Uh, And if so, that's great. You know, people deserve their flowers while they are actually living. I think too often we forget to tell people until they're dead. And then you can't tell them shit. So I'm talking about your family members, your your people that's close to you, or maybe it's people, whatever, outside of your family structure. Uh, But I'm a big believer in that. Like, one thing about me is if you're close, you always know how you stand with me, always. Uh, Janice writes, the FBI was retrieving stolen documents that Trump had in his possession illegally, right? You can't just leave the White House and start taking official government documents home. But we don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, Dale writes, Merrick Garland signed off on the FBI to sign off on a federal judge. Uh, Graxton writes, uh, Trump's presidency is already more consequential than Biden. It's interesting that you want to say more consequential. <laughs> yeah, like in negative consequences, you're right about that. You're right, 100%, Trump, uh, Gregson. Trump's presidency is already more negatively consequential than Biden's, no doubt, <laughs> potentially right. Because the man tried to start a civil war. Uh, he lied and lied and lied and lied. He even lied about COVID, and his delayed response to COVID caused hundreds of thousands of lives potentially. You're right about that. You know, we took a big step back in our footing around the world, uh, especially in terms of our Cold War with China. Uh, what else did we lose? Uh, we took a big step back with the Supreme Court because now we got three theocrats who don't give a fuck about, excuse me, who don't care about, uh, uh, you know, uh, court presidents. All they care about is their own theocratic uh, uh, opinions about uh, a woman's right to choose or whatever else might come up. So you're right. You know, Trump's president has already been more negatively consequential than Biden's. Yep. Uh, TC writes, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, Brenda Rice, the FBI is not a party, right? Tell him again, the FBI is not a party. Uh, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Um, we also talked this morning about Travis McMichael. He is one of the men that killed Ahmaud Aubrey. He now fears being slain in a Georgia prison. Let me screenshot uh, the headlines from our friends over at CNN. You can check it out for yourself so you, you know I ain't making this up. Uh, let me see here. There we go. There it is. Uh, one of Ama Aubrey's killers fears being slain in a Georgia state prison. Court documents say I read through several articles about this within the last 24 hours. And essentially uh, through his lawyers, he is trying to be Travis McMichael. Uh, remember, it was three white men that ran down Ama Aubrey. Two of them were related, a father and son. This is the son. And uh, he got life in prison for his role in killing this innocent man, this innocent man. Uh, Again, my wish is that Ahmaud Aubrey had a piece on him, had a pistol on him and he could have took care of these cats before they took care of him. That would have been justice, but he did not. He did not. And what was his crime? His crime was that he was jogging through the wrong neighborhood and maybe he stopped and looked, and maybe he even walked through the construction site. I've done that before. I've walked into the because it's just fascinating. It's like, oh, man, that's what it looks like when you build a house? You ain't, I ain't trying to steal anything. I ain't trying to touch anything. I just wanted to look. And so he was mistakenly identified as a burglar, and they ran him down and shot him in the side with a shotgun at close range. And then these fools got on the witness stand. Travis McMichael got on the witness stand talking about uh, he wouldn't answer my questions. He wouldn't answer your questions. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? But now this man is uh, saying that he wants to be put in federal prison because he fears his life in state prison. So apparently, you know, from what I read is uh, there are rumors that um, some of the prison guards uh, might leave the door open and let some of the other men, the other inmates, get to him. And if that happens, this will be my response. (laughs) And I don't know tears for you, uh, Travis McMichaels, because you didn't have no tears and no sympathy for Ahmaud Aubrey when you ran him down and shot him like, he was less than a human being in the middle of the street. So I hope that his request is denied, and I hope he spends the rest of his life shivering in the dark of his cell. That's what I hope. That'd be a good. That's justice for him. I, I you know, the death penalty. He that's too good for him, and it's too bad for an innocent person who might be put to death in the future. And a quick death is too good for him. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nah, 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 nah. I want him to shiver in the dark and fear for his life the same way Ahmaud Aubrey did in those last few seconds, last few minutes of his life, running down the street, looking for help. Just imagine that you just, this is modern day America. You're running down the street, you're jogging and three, three white men in a pickup truck, run you down and shoot you because you won't stop and answer some questions. It's the world that we live in. It's very unfortunate, isn't it? So I got no sympathy for these fools. Whatever happens, happens. If I wake up tomorrow and find out that somebody put a shank on them, so what? That harsh? Well, we live in a harsh world. It's a very, what they did to Ahmad Arbery was harsh. It is what it is. It is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, man, let me move on here. What is on your mind? What's on your mind this morning at 513-873-7134? I was sharing with you a few things that make me want to holler this morning, but I want to know what's on your mind. What's on your mind this morning? All right, share with me. What is on your mind? You saw me cycle through all of those options there, but what's on your mind? What are we missing? What should we be talking about on a day like today? You got me for a few more minutes or we'll see how it goes. Uh, Janice Rice, I hope this guy will live the rest of his life imagining how uh, Aubrey felt as he stalked him. Absolutely. Uh, Greg Wright, I mean, Graston Rice, a shank to him is a death penalty, right? No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, let me see. Uh, Brent writes, uh, you better protect his cornbread and watch out for the booty bandit. <laughs> TC Rice, beyond harsh. Well, I'm not perfect. Never claimed to be i'm fr- I'm tragically flawed I'm not Jesus. I ain't trying to be either. I'll leave that for some other folks. I guess you're just better than me. We live in a harsh world, but I stand by what I said. you know if I wake up tomorrow, if I wake up tomorrow, just like the killer of a uh, a uh, nipsy hustle, if I wake up tomorrow and I find out somebody put-, put a shake through his brain, what am I'm supposed to say? I'm supposed to cry. Look at what he did to that brother. I mean, his brother was an icon for his community. You took him out over what? I mean, sometimes you do things in life and you set you you start a series of motions that cook your own goose. That's how I look at it. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh good morning. Welcome to the show.
3: Good morning, Nathan. It's Tony. What up, Tony? What's Hey, just on a little break, just thought I'd chime in on the show. You know, I always listen after the fact, and I heard the news, you know, your announcement. So, uh, but you know, wherever you go, I'll be rolling with you, so it is what it is. But uh, I just uh, wanted to chime in real quick. I I know it's kind of like a last week discussion, but like I said, man, I always hear things after the fact. But I uh, just want to drop a flow on uh, Brittany Grant here. Okay,
1: go
3: ahead. And, uh, yeah. You know, and I, it's hard for me to, I know it's kind of a popular view, you know, with what she did. But, I mean, they have a whole show dedicated to that kind of thing called Locked Up Abroad. You know, where people, where they, you know, they make it clear, like, learn the laws of the land before you go somewhere. You know, you go into another country, learn learn what to do, what not to do. You know, so I I don't I don't know. My sympathy don't really run that hard for her. Huh. You know, I mean it's it's bad, yeah. I mean it's unfortunate that she's caught up, you know, because you know, it's a whole politics thing going on. Right. And she just happens to be just in in the soup with it. You know. I mean if it wasn't something going on between you know, us in Russia, who knows, but I mean, they're talking about trading her for a merchant of death. Like, like even the name, you know, that's, you know, that's like, I don't know, man. That's like trading cover girl for Cobra commander, <laughs> you know, like, no, man, for cover girl. Hell no. You know, I mean, I, and don't get me wrong, man, and I and I, I like her, and actually, man, when I look at her, well, you know, she reminds me of my daughter, you know, so, I mean, they look similar, and, you know, and that kind of thing, so I kind of sympathize for her, but I always think about that show, man, and how people, like, they go and they do, you know, simple shit over in these other co- countries, but they don't realize something real simple is a big deal, you yeah. know. I mean, I watched one episode because, I, I mean, I just like to see see the train wreck again. Yeah, I watched one where, you know, this woman took a dude. He, he went with her, and she tried to smuggle something, and they both get caught. She goes to a women's prison where it's like a village. He gets raped on the first night <laughs> in the men's prison, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they took his visa. He had to stay in that country to she fin- finished her sentence. You know, just all that kind of stuff, you know, so it's like, man, no, no, where you go, you know, so I just, yeah, I just don't really don't feel that, that much sympathy for, it. and I just don't think that the trade is, is worth it. I mean, but, you know, it is what it is, I, you know, I hope and hopefully things work, work itself out, but, um. You said yeah, Cobra and also girls uh, and Cobra Commander. That's yeah, that's like they ain't even <laughs> Scarlet, man. Like you know, they ain't even <laughs> one of the main ones. That's like you are giving up the big cheese for man. Come on, you know. <laughs> I, I, I know that's kind of heartless, man. I don't mean to be that heartless, but
4: yeah,
3: like, I mean someone don't earn a name the Merchant of Death for you know for just being loud. You know, I mean this this is a, like serious world threat kind of character and you gonna? i mean i don't know man i hope you hopefully things work out but but yeah we, with the Ramon aubrey you know i you know i chimed in about uh mcmichaels you know I mean, it's funny man These these white dudes man it's like all that courage being numbers you know the more numbers the more they more they, that courage be up but when they got to stand alone and then they got to face the consequences for what they did alone. That's when, that's when you, you see that true Mitch come out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm afraid of my safety. Okay. y'all. I mean, y'all hunt, y'all hunt down the dude. you know what I'm saying? Do you want to ask a question? No, you didn't. You set you set out the, you, it was a night y'all ain't think nobody was watching. It didn't, you know, it was a neighborhood. Ain't nobody going to say nothing 'cause they know y'all. So you, y'all, Man, we about to do it like daddy and them used to do. We about to lynch somebody. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that's what they it thought, was, man. They, they did it because they hated. thought they yeah. could get away with it. That's why. They thought they could get away with it. And, you know, and they probably would have. And actually, they probably would have if they didn't have a dumber person with them who videoed it. You know, I mean, but that's, you know, that's how that's that's usually how it goes now in the social media thing. It's always that dummy who's videoing something thinking it's going to be. You know, just like the guy who was trying to run over uh, kids, you know, black kids and stuff like that. You're thinking it's going to be, be cool. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of likes for this. Don't even realize you're intimidating yourself. You know. But, uh, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> like Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies. So, <laughs> hey. I, or, or, just, or just like you said, man, just the thought. Just for him to spend the rest of his days just always watching his back, timid, good good form yeah that's what he deserves uh, but i'm gonna get back to work man i'm uh you know like i said man wherever wherever the show time i'm kind of hoping you you aim for the evenings man because you know that's that's uh that's that's really when i can really catch it live but uh just wherever you know wherever you go wherever you be you know chop is a follow so it is what it is all right tony thank you for the, uh, the call man
2: have a great day bro okay uh, you too. Yeah, All most of right. that. That's Tony checking in. Appreciate the brother right there. Again, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Uh, while you think about it, again, I, I can't see everything, and I want to give some space for you to uh, share your thoughts on the show. While you think about it, once again, I want to remind you that today's show is brought to you in part by the folks over at the Greater Cincinnati Realist Association. They are putting together another home ownership fair. It's this Saturday I'll actually be there for the first hour and I'd uh, love to see you step by I'll be doing some interviews and putting them on social media and things like that on Saturday August 13th 2022 so that's that's this week is this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 30 p.m. it's at the Westwood Town Hall at 3017 Harrison Avenue if you are thinking about buying a home no matter where you might be if you want to buy a home sometime in the future. Let's say you're a couple years away. You feel like, you know, you got to work on some things over here and work on some scenes over there. This could be a resource for you to make sure that you are checking off the correct boxes, boxes and you have an accurate and realistic f- f- roadmap as to how you can, you know, get, get into a home. And for many of us, home ownership is fundamental to our wealth uh, strategy and you got to live somewhere you're going you're going to pay for a dwelling one way or another whether you're renting or you're leasing or you're renting to own or you're paying your mortgage but you got to live somewhere and for many people uh this is they this this is the way to go so if you're interested on any levels, meaning that you might be looking for a home right now or you might be a year away or 2 years away this is a resource a home ownership fair um that is uh, tailored for you. You can talk with people uh, at your leisure, no pressure, uh, decide who you want to speak to and um uh, get the information you need so you have an, a realistic and accurate roadmap uh to becoming a homeowner, all right? And if this isn't for you, then maybe it's for someone that you know. There's a link in today's description to the Eventbrite on Facebook. And uh, if you don't mind, if you find as if this might be something that the people that follow you on Facebook or people you're connected with, they may be interested in, uh, just share it um, and let them know what's going on. All right. Uh, With that, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Good morning and welcome. Good morning. I'm not sure who that is. Call me back and I'll put you right back on again this Saturday. August 13th. 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Westwood Town Hall. That's 3017 Harrison Avenue. Uh, Good morning to you. What's on your mind? What's on your mind this morning? Uh, We talked with uh, Scotty Johnson. He gave us an update as to what his office is looking at and some things to think about as relates to the mass shooting that they're working on. Uh, um, The folks, uh, there's a $5,000 award now a reward, should I say, not award, but reward for uh, information leading to the apprehension of the shooters involved. Uh, he's What he seemed to imply and what I'm gleaning from what Scotty Johnson said is that perhaps it was two people that were shooting at one another. All right. Uh, good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Hey, Big Nate. What good up? morning. What's going on? Who am I speaking it's, with? It's uh, CJ. What up, CJ. How How you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. Welcome. What's going on? Um, Oh, man. Uh,
7: So, last night, man, uh, my wife had me watching uh, a documentary called The Color of Care. I don't know if you heard it. I think it's on uh, Netflix, I think. What's it called again? Uh, It's called The Color of Care. The Color of Care. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it was uh, based on uh, care for uh, our community and how they and how doctors, uh, some doctors, not all, some doctors, how they speed us along and how they don't spend as much time with us, especially when our uh, sisters are uh, carrying a child. So it was uh, young women um, dying after they had their child, and man, I learned this. Man, I learned so much, Nate, that uh, it was a few things that uh, us as men that uh, that uh, that expecting a child uh, to watch out for as well as our uh, wives, our, our significant other, I should say, um, which is headache for our women. If they last a certain amount of time, they need to go straight to the hospital. Uh, they need to watch, watch their platelet count. If they get below 140, they need to go to the hospital. If they have shortness of breath, then you to go to the hospital. If they have an elevated liver uh, enzymes, they need to go to the hospital. And if they have high emotions, I'm not I'm standing right, uh, then you go to the hospital. And they also said that our women are four times more likely to die than our counterparts, and that's sad. Also, hospitals, uh, some hospitals, depending on where you go to, they uh, push sections on our and because they get paid the hospital as a whole get paid more but we stay short of time you see what I'm saying so what did you watch it on let's see I think I watched it on um, uh, it was through Oprah she actually did a hard
2: Okay. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. I'm gonna, I looked it yeah. up while you were talking about it. It wasn't on my radar screen. I appreciate you telling me about. It. I want to check that out now. Oh,
7: man, hey, hey, it, hey, Nate, that's a tear jerker, man. Is it? I ain't gonna hold. The tear jerker. Also, uh, I just want to the the just chime in and see, did uh did the Democratic Party just Commit political suicide with what happened last night if they don't find anything on this guy. And why are they spending much time on this guy when there's other issues that need to be addressed as far as country? Well um,
2: again, I was talking about that earlier, CJ. Are you the person that left that comment? I, I don't yeah. I don't look at it as the Democrats doing this. This was the FBI. The FBI okay. are not the Democrats, the Democrats are not the FBI. And okay. I think this goes back to the fact that you know there's some documents that were missing from the White House, and apparently it right. looks like perhaps Trump took them, which he's not supposed to do. I don't know if it's a criminal code or whatever, and so they're right. trying to they're trying to get to the bottom of it. So I don't I wouldn't blame the dem I don't think the Democrats have anything to do with it.
7: Yeah, I mean I don't want to seem like I'm placing blame. I'm just saying like from the outside looking in, it just seems like. On his behalf, why would you take documents that's not supposed to leave the White House anyway? Uh, because right now we're dealing with mindset. We're trying to get people's mindset to vote for a certain party. Correct. That's that's the objective for both parties. Right. Is to get your mindset right.
2: On some levels, I understand and thing. I follow you.
7: you get get you to vote for them and what they can offer you, this party offering this, this party offering that. So, I mean, uh, do what your conscience say, but from the outside looking in, it don't look too good for the party because actually the Democrats had the mindset of the people, okay, because they just passed this, they just killed the Afghan leader, so that's two hits, and now they're tackling the uh, economy. So that's all looking good. This just happened, so the so the Republicans is gonna run on uh, they they using the FBI as their own personal hit squad. Uh, the economy is in a tank. Uh, 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 you guys still want to uh, uh, tackle the abortion rights and things of that makes Things that don't sound right to other sides of the uh, coin, so, you know.
2: Yeah, but you know, politics is always in play, right? But the Republican uh, yes. Party is trying to downplay anything that Trump did because they, they feel like it'll make him look bad. And then the okay. more we investigate the things that Trump was doing, we realize that he he wasn't doing it alone. He had minions and acolytes and people that was playing a role in it. And so they want to try to keep that information out the news as well. What I say is when it comes to you and me, average Joe Blow, when we do the crime... Yeah we got to do the time, right? You better believe it. Well, same thing with Trump or anybody else. If he did a crime, he got to do the time. And I, it would go for Obama and Hillary, whoever it is. Don't yeah. do crimes. It's real simple. Exactly. So I don't have yeah. no tears for Trump and anybody else that might go to insurrectionists. You ain't see me at January six trying to fight Capitol Police.
7: I always, see, I always say, if you do the crime, just TYC. Take your case. Just take your case. Just TYC. Just take your case. Because you made the case. So take it. Also uh, Nate, I just wanted to just chime in just a little bit on the shooting. Okay. So a buddy of mine said he was down there. And he said that uh, it was two groups of guys, which the media said they dispersed, then they was both across the street from one another. Uh, and they start firing one another. So, he said, I don't know how true to this, I don't know if it's speculative or what, but he said that there was white guys who joined in the shootout. And they were on the other side of the street with the other black guys shooting at the other side of the street. I don't know how factual it is, but Also, will they use this um, to, I mean, as another uh, 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 deterrent for uh, young Black African American men and women in Cincinnati uh, to not have a place to gather? Because to me, it's just one bad apple out of the bunch. Don't don't make the whole bunch bad. That's a good place to go relax. It, it it's chill down there. It's just you know how we are. I'm not gonna sit up here and say that we good. Some of us do be tripping. And we just gotta control it. Just tuck it. Just tuck it. Just chill. This is a chill. This a chill out, you know? Just chill. Sit. Ain't got to destroy anything else or mess anything up because this place already don't have a place for us to even congregate at, comfortably. We tried the bank, Shootout. out 200 children, remember? Went down the door. White boys fight. I mean, come on. Everybody is tripping. It's mm-hmm. not just us. Everybody mm-hmm. Everybody just needs Chill, bro. Just chill. All Take right. a breather for a second. It's 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 young black men doing it. It's young white men doing it. Look, look, look. It's people doing it. It's people.
1: All so right, the city got
7: a, They need to create more spaces. That's it. That's more more spaces that's accessible for everyone. <laughs>
2: That's it, all right, C.J., thanks for the call, man. That's all, brother. Yep, take it easy. That's C.J. Appreciate the call. Uh, one last thing before I roll out this morning. This may or may not be in your radar screen. Again, I'll open up this time of the show just to what's on your mind. It may not be a part of what I've talked about. or It may be something you think is interesting or important. I'm in for. I'm, I'm for all of that. We, we, ain't, we ain't changing the world per se with every single conversation. We're not splitting the atom. Sometimes we just signifying. <laughs> Let's be called what it is. Sometimes we just having some fun with some topics and that's okay too. But um, I want to talk about the fact that, and he mentioned it in a memory. I want to talk about Zahari here, Zahari, That was the so-called Al-Qaeda leader that was recently killed by a drone strike. Uh, apparently, Biden ordered to strike while he was basically recovering from having COVID. And he was killed with what's called a smart drone. It was a a, a ninja drone or something like a ninja bomb, meaning that it was like surgical and precise. And apparently, uh, uh, U.S. Uh, officials tracked the Wahiri to Kabul. They've been looking for this guy forever. Sidebar, 9-11 on some levels was an inside job. and Everybody knows it. And we can stop playing all these games and all this kind of stuff. 9-11 was not, Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with it. I'm suspect about the role that Bin Laden actually played. Um, I I feel as if there might have been people in this country who knew what was going to happen and allowed it to happen. And then just going back, and I ain't trying to rehash all of it, because like I said, I spent a lot of time on this. I got as deep in Cincinnati, if not across the country, for any commercial talk show host to talk about such a taboo topic. And I was getting full latitude, you know, by the station leadership to do so. You know, I was talking about this at a time when people was getting kicked off the air for talking about this. That's why Bill Maher, remember Politically Incorrect? That's why he lost his job. Lost that that show because he came on. I never forget it. And he said people was like, Oh, they're cowards, they're cowards. They're gonna they're gonna uh take planes and turn them into missiles. And he said, No, that's not cowardice because they died on the plane. And people was like, Ah, you're supposed to think the way we want you to think. But I've been going deep in the paint, hard in the paint for years on this. I still don't believe everything that we were told. I don't believe it all. But it is what it is. Water under the bridge, so to speak. What do we get out of that? The Patriot Act and a whole billions of dollars redirected billions of tax dollars went straight into, you know um, you know, the various uh, institutions that create war and bombs and all these kind of things. I mean, with all of these great creativity and human ingenuity, it is amazing to me that we still develop and devote so much of our time and energy into coming up with fascinating and new ways to kill human beings. Which leads me to how they killed Amon al-Zawahiri. Is anybody aware of what happened to this guy? So apparently they tracked him to Kabul. They surveilled him for some time. How long? I don't know. They knew where he was. They tracked his movements, and apparently he outed himself because he would go on the balcony, I guess, every day and do whatever you do on a balcony. Maybe he was stretching or getting his yoga on or just breathing some fresh air I'm not really sure but uh, US forces they they tracked him and to the point where they could predict where he was going to be and they predicted that he was going to be standing on the balcony of his home in Kabul and they wanted to kill him and so they used a uh, they used a drone killer drones remote operated And they didn't use explosives, per se, uh, because he was in a crowded civilian area. And they didn't want to have a lot of collateral damage. So you know what they did? They shot a drone at him while he stood on the balcony of his home in Kabul. The drone didn't explode. Apparently, uh, as I gathered in the last 24 hours, inside the drone, they have like six like razor-sharp blades. So it sliced them up on instant impact. And that's how they took out Al Zawahiri. Uh, It wasn't like a big explosion. I think there was some kind of exploding elements, but when it exploded, it released these blades. That's why they call it the ninja bomb, a ninja bomb, because, you know, ninjas have like the throwing darts, the blades, and it just sliced his body all up. Wow, ain't that some crazy-ish? That is crazy, yo, I'm telling you. Wow, it's amazing what they can do with technology. Uh, Still haven't solved cancer. We might have solved HIV. Um, uh, But it's amazing how we can come up with all these devious and new fancy ways to kill, to end a human being's life. But I guess some people will say he deserved it. I guess. I know as an American, I'm supposed to go along and say, yeah, he deserved it. But I'll be honest with you. I don't know what he really did. I don't know what he really did. He he might have been what they said. He might not have been. I don't really know, to be honest with you. I know that's not a fashionable thing to say. I'm supposed to have all the answers and everything. I don't have no goddamn answer. I don't know what the man did. They say he did it. Um, uh, But he's dead now. It is what it is. I'm telling you what they're doing with this drone technology and, and the technology in terms of weaponry that exists today is absolutely scary. And that's why I say all these Second Amendment people running around here talking about you're not going to take my gun. I need my gun because if the government comes after me, man, listen, when the boys come for you, bad boys, bad boys, what you're going to do? what you going to do when they come for you, they're going to get you. And you can't stop that. (laughs) You think you with your AR 15 is going to stop the government from coming to get you. If they want to come get you, they're going to get you. They got way, way, way more than we ever really even see. And that's how they took out Al Zahiri, a smart ninja bomb. And I'm not making it up. That's what it's been reported. It's a ninja bomb because Uh, when on impact uh, six blades just exploded and it just dices up um, whatever the target is and you think that the second amendment (laughs) is going to protect you (laughs) this is amazing when I hear people say we got to have our guns well, what if the government tries to do something crazy they're going to get it they're going to win that's what's going to happen if the government turned on the people for whatever they're going to win that's what's going to happen, period. Just like when the police knock on your door, you coming out the house. Now you're going, to come, you're going to come out, they're going to carry you out in a stretcher because you're coughing up some kind of like fumes or something, some kind of bomb they detonated or something like that. Or you're going to be unconscious, or you're going to be dead, or you're going to be dragged out, or you're going to walk out. One way or another, you're coming out. But this little fantasy that the Second Amendment is protecting you from the tyranny of the government is just that, a fantasy. That's it. That's it. Uh, let me see. Uh, David Whitehead. What is this? What did he right here say? That sounds like Trump siding with Putin's intel over his own. Shaking my head. David writes, my college uh, roommate called it the death lab. He was a lieutenant colonel in Iraq and Afghan. Really? Uh, Kevin writes, he was second in command to bin Laden. He said on several occasions publicly that he wanted all Americans to die. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I get it. They want Americans to die because of what America has done in other countries. And we are sorely miseducated about our U.S. foreign policy and what is actually done in our name. Most of us have no idea. The only reason I know is because a couple of books that's behind me. And some people I've spoken with as authors over the years, I wouldn't know myself. I went to Cincinnati public schools, went to college, the whole nine yards, never learned any of this stuff. I didn't learn any of this until I was doing my own education as a grown ass man. We are all sorely miseducated about the U.S. foreign policy. So we don't even understand how other people really look at us and what this country has done in our name. We really don't understand that. You know, so then somebody comes along and said, they don't like us because of our freedoms. They hate us because of our freedoms, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. People who are not educated think, well, without anything else in their head, yeah, yeah, they don't like us because of our freedoms. They have nothing to do with it. U.S. foreign policy, the moves we've made, this country has made in our name over the years, meddling Uh, In other affairs, changing the trajectory of other people's lives and other governments, installing puppet dictators that would do our bidding because we can make a lot of money or it fits some kind of geopolitical or maybe even some kind of military, you know, strategic desire. That's what it really is, but we don't know this. (laughs) So, somebody was talking about Britney Griner a little earlier. I do feel for, that was uh, Tony. I feel for Britney Griner because that was me. I want to come home. I feel for her. She is a political prisoner on some levels. Even though she shot herself in the foot, she's a political prisoner because of the ongoing Cold War Because between the United States and Russia. She got caught up with that. Uh, people are posting memes comparing what she did to other people who have been released or they got less time, but Brittany Griner is a somebody. She's a big-time WNBA star. You know, she's a bigger piece on the Cold War chessboard. It's sad, sad, but that's why when you're traveling and you're that kind of person, make sure you don't have drug paraphernalia in your in your duffel bag or in your backpack or in your suitcase. It's sad. I hope she comes home. We'll see what happens. And with that, my friends, uh, I got to make a move, all right? Have an excellent rest of your day. Uh, remember our motto. Let's say it together, everybody. It has more power that way. Winners focus on winning. And losers focus on winners. So stay focused and stay winning. And we'll talk real soon. Until next time, I'm Nathan Ivey and I'm out.
6: Yeah. Talking to my mirror like I love you so much. Curving all my critics like I heard you so much. You can't kill my confidence, I think I'm the man Tally all the f*** I ever gave on my head